Hello and welcome to Nerd's Eye View. This is episode 209 uh, for January 13th, 2015. Right. Uh, I'm Andrew. I'm Tom. And we're about to do a podcast. Oh yeah. Right here. Uh, what's Nerd's Eye View? Well, it's mostly about movies, a little bit about TV. Uh, we're going to do a review of a film that's new in theaters. That film is Inherent Vice. Uh, we're going to tell you about the box office top 10. We're going to tell you what's new on DVD, Blu-ray, and TVD. Uh, and then at the end of the show, we're going to tell you what's coming out new in theaters, and we're going to tell you how those movies are going to end in a segment that we call Guess the Ending. Uh, so let's just start it off with the box office top 10. All right, count me down. It's, it's a long one, so hang on to number 10. All right. The Hunger Games. Mockingjay Part 1 Is What happened to number 9 The woman in black To Angel of Death And you can also call her number 8 Annie Because she got stuck at number 7 Not at the museum Secret of the tomb Which was playing a number 6 The imitation game And they felt number 5 Unbroken After number 4 The Hobbit the Battle of the Five Armies. When they went number three. Into the woods. Looking for number two. Selma. Who was number one. Tactrian. <laughs> I wrote it just like that for you. Yeah. For you, Tom. Oh, I love it when they stick random numbers and things. Yes. So convenient. Uh, so the number one movie this past weekend was Taken Three, or Tactrian. Yeah. Uh, which I had not heard good things about, but I guess... Well, People paid for it. Yes. I haven't even seen the first two. I've only seen the first one, and I enjoyed that one, but it's, you know, it's not a masterpiece. It's an action film. Yeah, uh-huh. The second one, I didn't feel the need to see, and now they made a third. Hmm. Yeah, the only time I've ever had a chance to watch them and felt like it was on a plane is like, mm. I have eight hours, but now I'm going to do something else. Uh, it only made uh, a little under 40, uh, 40 million. Yeah. You know, that's a modest, you know. Yeah, still in the gray. <laughs> it's in the gray. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, and number two is Selma. Right. Which uh, I read recently online that you've seen. I saw quite a while ago. And I have yet to see, but I'm I'm planning on seeing it this week. Well, you march on out, son. I will. Uh, and I'm kind of excited that that's number two in the box office. Yeah. It's because uh, there's a lot of publicity around, like, got ferguson all these riots going on and it's just a lot of similar subject matter so mm-hmm. people feel inclined just because it feels very relevant to the moment yeah i uh when i see it i'll i hope i'll uh i'll, I'll feel connected to the history or something like that yeah. uh and then you know you look down the list you got hobbit and into the woods yep of course and golden globe nominee annie yeah i didn't watch those you watch those i'm sure I didn't watch Annie. Oh, I mean the Globes. Oh, yeah, I watched them. That are golden. Yeah. Uh, I, I hold out for the Oscars, which I yeah. believe is the true spectacle. I know, but I have a month to kill. I have to do it somehow. That's true. Uh, and I'm a little bit surprised that, you know, finally, Big Hero 6 fell off the top ten. Uh, but Hunger Games is still there. Yep. So, that's how it goes. And uh, this week, compared to last week, the top ten, they made 104 a million total last week weekend it was 127 uh, so it's dropped a little bit but yeah but that's to be expected yeah uh, when we get to what's coming out 
this weekend. I have no idea how that's going to do. Ooh. Because uh, there's, you know, there's a comedy. There's an action film. Uh, there's there's a, quite an array of stuff coming out. All right, let's move on to what's coming out uh, new for buying. Oh, boy. What do, you, what do we got, Tom? On DVD and Blu-ray, we have Gone Girl. Yes. Yes. Uh, which, you know, I liked it, but I don't think I'm ever going to watch it again. Well, I liked it, but the reason I remember it so much is because somehow there was packed, so I was sitting next to this enthusiastic black woman the whole time. <laughs> And she was really into it, so she was like pointing out, oh, no, she's doing that, she's doing that. And it was just so great seeing by someone so passionate that mm-hmm. I always think of her when I watch Gone Girl. But you weren't in the theater when, when I was seeing, when I saw Lincoln. I don't think you were there. there I was... was there when you saw War Horse, though. Huh. I was in Arizona when I saw Lincoln. Okay. When, when I saw Lincoln, there was, a, there was a lady in the theater when there's some reveal with Tommy Lee Jones and who he's married to or in a relationship with, and the lady said, I knew it. So she just goes, I knew it. It was yeah. really funny. Yeah, but I like Gone Girl. Don't think it's going to get Best Picture nomination. Don't know why people think that's going to happen. Because mm, maybe the director. Yeah, but that didn't help him with Girl with Dragon Tattoo. I feel it's that's just true. a little too edgy for them to recognize it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What's, what do we got next? Jimmy, all is by my side. You know, if that was in theaters, I totally missed it. Was it? Do you it, know? It was, but it's one of those limited releases that comes and goes. So. Mm-hmm. I was actually a little excited about it. I've liked, yeah. you know, Andre 3000, Andre <laughs> Benjamin. Yes. Yeah. I've liked him for a while. And uh, the supporting cast in that looked good. I heard he'd be cool in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> he, he said, hey, yeah, put me in this film. Uh, yeah, so I'm I, I'm glad that I'll now that I know that it's out, I can yeah. I can go and see it. Maybe it'll be on Netflix. Netflix picks those things up sometimes. Yep. Uh, <laughs> DVD only, Tom. All right, Ducktales, the movie Treasure of the Lost Lamp. I will tell you, I put this on the list because I owned the VHS, and I was certain that it, I would never find it again. But now it's finally getting a DVD release. <laughs> I've seen it too. But I just don't remember it that well. I. I remember loving it because there is an actual genie in the lamp <laughs> and it is also a duck. It's just, everything's ducks. Yeah. That's why it's called DuckTales. And, um, oh, what's the name of his rival? You remember he has a, he's, he's, there's another old rich duck that he fights with to get, uh, to get the lamp. Uh, and he has like a, he has like an Irish or Scottish name. He's like. <laughs> Scroogey Mc, McDuck? Mc, McGillicuddy or something. <laughs> I don't know. All right, what's next, Tom? New on Blu-ray, Capricorn 1. Which I, I feel like I've heard a lot about because I think it's come up a couple of times on Doug Loves Movies. What is it? It's, um, it, well, it came up on Doug Loves Movies because he had a category with films with O.J. Simpson. And O.J. Simpson is in this film. Oh. And the plot of it is, is that they, uh, there's a mission to Mars that fails. And so NASA contacts Hollywood to fake a landing on Mars. Argo? <laughs> you know? Maybe. <laughs> Uh, so I'm very intrigued by this, and it stars O.J. Simpson ah. and like Hal Holbrook and a couple other people. I can't remember, but it's it's a weird cast, and it sounds kind of fun. Yeah, in a conspiracy way. I don't know. O.J. Simpson used to be funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Then Fitz Caraldo. You should be excited about. Yes, it's Werner Herzog, Mr. Herzog over here. Yeah, that's where he carries a boat across a 
a mountain or something. Yeah, the cover that they had for the DVD looks insane. It's yeah. like it's like a, a man who looks like in pain, and then it's, it's superimposed over like a a, a steamboat, yeah. like just being dragged across. Yeah, I just land. Rem- just remember seeing a, interviews with him during that. There's this really loud bird in the background that just goes like every ten seconds. <laughs> yeah, I've been meaning to see it, but just haven't yet. Mm-hmm. What do we got on TVD? On TVD, we have Becker, the sixth and final season. For all those uh, Ted Danson fans who've been waiting for the complete collection. Yes. Here you go. I don't know anything about Becker, but you go for it. <laughs> have you never seen an episode of Becker? No. Oh, my God. Because they, they played it on, what was it, WGN all the time? And so when I, I remember when I was younger, when I was channel surfing a lot, it, was, uh, it would always pop up. It was always in reruns. Ah. Uh, all right, so what what should people do if they want these things? Tom? Well, if you want to do them, check out your local video store. All right. Uh, and we are going to review Inherent Vice right after this. If it's a quiet night out at the beach and your ex-old lady suddenly out of nowhere shows up with a story about her current billionaire land developer boyfriend and his wife and her boyfriend and a plot to kidnap the billionaire and throw him in a loony bin. I need your help, Doc. Maybe you should just look the other way. But if you're Doc, it may all start to get a little peculiar after that. Michael Z. Wolfman. And Mickey Wolfman. Mickey Wolfman. Has vanished. So where would I uh, find him? He's technically Jewish, but wants to be a Nazi. And a girl don't necessarily want to get into difficulties with those folks. You got a spare picture I can borrow? Ah! Mm Mm-hmm. Well, maybe you're better off with the Nazis. Whoa. Are you all right? Am I? Are you? Ordinarily, we're the ones asking the questions. And your question is, which side am I on? Good question. Wrong answer. Choto, Kirichiro, Dozo, Moto Penekeku, Moto Penekeku, Moto Penekeku, Hai, Hai, Hai. Doc may not be a do-gooder, but he's done good. Good luck, Doc. What a wonderful world this would be. Coming just in time for Christmas. All right, Tom. You've actually read the book in Hair Advice. Yeah. Uh, by Thomas Pynchon, right? Uh, which is the basis for this film, right? Uh, and I, after I saw this film, I managed to speak with another friend who had read the book, uh, so I could kind of get a feel about like, is this faithful? Is this accurate? Uh, is it even, you know, uh, was it worthwhile? Which, f- from what I've heard, it is. What yeah. What would you say? Well, as far as accuracy, I would say. Uh, the parts that need to be accurate are accurate. Like the ending's a little different, but mm. for the most part, the opening paragraphs, the first thing said in the book, even though it's not dialogue, like they changed it around. Like some of the narratives actually spoken by 
that one lady. I don't know her name. The but, spiritual lady. Yeah. Yeah. Like, some of that is done through her just for the sake of convenience. But otherwise, the dialogue is almost note for note the same. And mm-hmm. all the plot points are almost the same. So it is very accurate in that sense. Like, there's other reasons I'm kind of disappointed. But it's also a disappointment in a way. Like, this could not be filmed the correct way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, uh, so this is uh, Paul Thomas Anderson's newest film uh, starring, um, oh God, why did I just drop his name? Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah. Uh, also featuring, um, who, who am I going to say first? Benicio Del Toro? Yeah, Benicio Del Toro, who is re- like reprising his role as stoner lawyer from... <laughs> um, uh, You're just out of names right can't now. Can't do it, can't do it. L- Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Ah. Right? Sure, I forgot about them. He's a lawyer in that one as well. Oh. And so I feel like he's hes just, they need a stoner lawyer, they get him. Yeah, I wish they had more of that guy. Uh, well, I wanted more of, um, uh, God, I'm not going to remember anyone's name today. <laughs> Sorry, I had to work early this morning, so I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not remembering names. Who's Who, who played um, Bigfoot? Josh Brolin. Brolin. See, I think... What was interesting in the film for me was was the relationship between uh, Joaquin Phoenix's character and Josh Brolin's character. I think those scenes were fantastic. What do you yeah. think? Did were were those even like important in the book? Um, yeah, they were very important. Mm-hmm. Though I don't think he chose the scenery in the book. Like the last ten minutes are all different. Mm-hmm. Because I I feel like between those two characters, Big Bigfoot, uh, played by. Josh Brolin and uh, Joaquin Phoenix. Uh, what, what was his detective's name? Doc Sportello. Doc, right? Everyone had kind of funky names throughout the the entire movie. When 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 Doc and Bigfoot were were talking or having you know some kind of interaction, it was it was always really interesting to me. Like I could feel like there was something like a a real relationship or a history to what was going on there. And also the I enjoyed that he was so against like hippies and that's exactly what doc and his entire crew are and yet they're kind of forced to work together just just the way that that where they live and how they work yeah like that for me was really those two were really interesting yeah uh the kind of the way that the the plot of the film goes is that it's 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 more or less meandering through doc's day-to-day cases that he takes on uh but i almost feel like it touches on like um like a, a larger case in a way, but but not enough for me to say that that's the entire plot of the film. Because there's, there's kind of like a conspiracy going on that is introduced at the beginning involving Doc's ex- ex-girlfriend. Right. Uh, but, but more or less that gets resolved before the end of the film. And then, th- to me, that's where the problems begin. <laughs> With that last hour... Where they've solved the plot, but they have a bunch of other subplots that they forgot to tie up. So they go back and go, oh, yeah, this happens, and this happens, and yeah. this happens. This happens, yeah. Like, in the book, the Indians actually, he drove to Vegas, and he doesn't actually get Mickey Wolfman. He sees him getting arrested. So huh. there's a little bit different. Like, he also tries to go to the airport to smuggle the drugs that way. Hmm. There's a few small things like that that I don't know if that's what's getting you or what. Didn't have as much problem with the last hour as you did, apparently. Well, it's because he, I mean, here's, here we go with spoilers, but he, about an hour and a half in, right? He right. 
he finds the ex-girlfriend. He had been looking for her after she came to him at the beginning. And she comes back. And then the movie just keeps going. And that's kind of like, that's to me, that was the main plot. That was the setup. But it becomes more about Doc's life and more about all the people that he knows. Yeah. Um, which in a way shows his humanity. Uh, the, the people that he helps out in a way. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, I think it's a very interesting film. I think it has a lot to say. Uh, and, and what, what do you think in the stance of like, as a comedy, do you feel that it's like funny enough to be considered a comedy? Um, well, I didn't hear too many people laughing, but there were moments I thought, yeah, that's humorous. And while I can't attest to it, I heard a lot of things of like, there's stuff going on in the background, like people running around mm-hmm. acting goofy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I feel like there's small slapstick gags like that, but I feel like the comedy is secondary to the noir of it all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is a it is a, a kind of noir uh, styling. Uh, I mean, uh, I've I've heard people comparing it to Big Lebowski, which I thought of while I was watching it, but only because of you know like a a, a stoner you know investigating something or involved in a conspiracy type type plot. That's, I mean, that's the connection that I drew. Yeah. But I, th- I think as a detective, Doc is really effective. Like, he's not an idiot. He, he knows how to do detective things. And that's, like, I think a, a, a lesser story or a lesser filmmaker would make him more the butt of the joke where he doesn't know what's going on. But I think Doc is very aware of everything that's happening. Yeah. He has an office, after all. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what... Um, what were you like expecting or what, what did you take, take away from this either acting or, or from the director's point of view? Well, as someone who really liked the master, I was expecting more of the same tonally and same pacing and mm-hmm. wasn't really let down by that. But having read the book, there were certain scenes where I was like, I hope this happens. I hope this happens. Like certain characters were cut down. Like Michael K. Williams was a lot more involved in, oh. and there was a whole plot with the surf band that, I don't even know is really mentioned in the movie that well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like there's a whole bunch of subplots like that, that were cut for time. So I was a little disappointed because of that, but I was fine with what they kept in for the most part, mm-hmm. even though my big disappointment is the book has a lot of references to the music of like the sixties, like the love surf and, and they had like beach boys songs that they're singing and all that. And mm-hmm. it's a little disappointed that the soundtrack was so small and, not as interesting as books, so that was one of my bigger disappointments. But I like what they had inspired that, even though the score was oddly used, in my opinion, because it felt like it dramatized moments arbitrarily instead of like having this bigger context. Hmm. Like they'd be just talking, and suddenly da 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 da. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and the the way that the film was shot, there were a lot of scenes where it was a it would be long takes. Yeah. Uh where it which I enjoy a lot. I really enjoy it when a film allows uh, a camera to linger. It allows uh just like something more real to happen between the characters. Um but it but for me some of them almost got too like awkward, too we were we were there with the characters like too long uh, sometimes. I don't know. Like when? Mm. I don't know. I can't even now think of like a specific instance, but just sometimes it was, well, oh, 
So what I think this was on purpose, though, and I, th- I think maybe it was on purpose for a good reason. When um, when Owen Wilson and uh, and and Doc are talking, he's he's Doc has found Owen Wilson at a party, and he's giving him an update on the case that he's taken. Yeah. And the so the camera goes into the back room, and then we're watching them sitting there talking, and we're just sitting there. And so there's a there's like a lull in their conversation. Where they kind of like look look away, like I think maybe someone's come into the room and they're trying to stop talking, but it just <laughs> feels like, wow, we're just we're just hanging out with these guys right now, and they're just they're just talking. Yeah. But I also think that might have been on purpose because uh, there was a window behind them, and I had heard uh, a rumor that Thomas Pynchon cameos in this film, even though he's famously reclusive. Yeah, and uh, I noticed that at that moment there was a, an older man walking past that window kind of slowly well i don't know what pension looks like so i can't tell you anything i just assume an older man that was <laughs> what so you're just gonna single out all the old men in the movie yeah he was definitely um michael k wolfman that was <laughs> uh <laughs> that'd be really funny yeah <laughs> they just put him in heavy makeup <laughs> uh I don't know. By would would this? Uh, I I don't recall if I've read your any of your if you've done a top ten list for 2014. Well, I did, but this was I did it before I saw this movie. Mm-hmm. Do you think that this would find a place in that top ten? Yeah. Really? Like top seven or something like that. Huh. Okay. Yeah. I don't think it would for me, but only because of the length, which which I I feel bad about, you know, holding that against it. Um. But I feel like – and then it's also in the case of like I like a good adaptation that actually is faithful to the material, but I haven't read the book, so I, I only have to rely on other people's judgment of that. And in the sense that sometimes you have to take the material that you're given and make a good movie, uh, which I think they do the very best they can here. It just, yeah. it just runs a little bit long for me. But you're even talking about things that they cut out that you were looking forward to. Yeah. There because- was also a gag that involved Godzilla against Island, which is when he's hallucinating, he's – Watching this crossover show on TV where Godzilla just comes on Gilligan's Island and stomps people. Okay, that's that I, sounds amazing. That sounds amazing. I was waiting for that, and it's like, come on. I mean, I I was already kind of weirded out about all the. There was like a lot of references to um, to to Nixon that I couldn't quite pinpoint what yeah. they were going for. Yeah, there was a lot more Nixon and Charles Manson references in the book. Yeah, the well. Manson ones just came out of left field for me. I just yeah, I th- thought, wow, they, they are were, really... They were better incorporated in the book. Like, it's always in the subtext, like, yeah, Manson really messed up things. Like, Shasta is more affected by Manson because of how Manson affects her innocence and killed Sharon Tate and all that. Mm-hmm. So she feels a little threatened by Manson. So that's kind of the reason why she disappeared. Yeah, because they and they they also cults come up a couple of times, yeah. which I feel like they could have tied together the the fear of cults with the Manson talk. Yeah, uh, it just um, some of that didn't come together for me. Yeah, there's a lot of small things that were different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I did feel I really enjoyed the the Owen Wilson subplot. I feel like that was that was kind of interesting and worthwhile. Uh, yeah. that was one of the ones that extended the film beyond what I thought was a natural ending. Yeah. Uh, but I, I liked, I liked him in that role. I don't know. And his yeah. wife, uh, played by Jenna Malone. I think that was a, that was an interesting sub like thing that they yeah. went into. It's nice that he gave performances in both Anderson movies this year. <laughs> <laughs> 
He's fair to all Andersons. Yes. But we not get all WS. <laughs> well, he didn't make a movie this year. If he did, maybe, who knows? Owen yeah. Wilson might have shown up. Mm. <laughs> he might have just shown up for one day. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so you, you clearly think very highly of the film. Yeah. I think, you know, Paul Thomas Anderson makes really good films. Yeah. Um, you know, for, for me, with the exception of Magnolia, I, I just can't I've get on board. I've been meaning to revisit that just cause I've seen lots since I've liked of his as mm-hmm. like, maybe I treat it unfairly, but yeah, I don't have any comment. I don't like Magnolia at the moment either. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's another one where I like the first like 30 minutes of it. And then just after that, it all falls apart for me. Yeah. Cause of Patton Oswalt. <laughs> I honestly, I always forget he's in it. <laughs> really? I, he's like the first guy, isn't I, he? That's why I don't think of it. <laughs> uh, all right. So to wrap up on Inherent Vice, any final thoughts or anything we, we didn't touch upon? Well, I liked it, and it's very fun. Walking Phoenix gives a great performance. Their sporting cast is really strong. Mm-hmm. It's a little disappointing because the book's a little bit stronger, but that's to be expected. And It's not my favorite of his, but it's also not my least favorite. Even though it's really silly, I feel like he does a great job of making it work. Mm-hmm. feels very professional, even though it's very druggy. Yeah, I think... Uh- if anything, Paul Thomas Anderson makes a makes a career out of uh, like a meandering film. Yeah. Like even uh, I mean I mean the master, of course. It's it's kind of about. Yeah. It literally has him going back and forth across the room. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just about things things that kind of happen and and some of it shapes up into a into a plot. Um. Yeah, I mean, I think I've said all that I can say on this. Yeah. Uh. All right. So. Tell me, Tom. All right. What's coming out new in theaters this weekend? All right. N- new in theaters, we have Black Hat. <laughs> the outstanding British film, Paddington. Square Parts. The Wedding Ringer. And Still Alice in limited release. All right. Before we get to guess the ending, uh, let's, let's thank Silent Partner for their song, Sophomore Makeout, which is, in fact, our theme song, which we got from the YouTube audio library. Go check that out. YouTube.com slash audio library, probably. I'm guessing that's the <laughs> URL. Also, thanks to Justin Kizon uh, for making our logo. You can find him on Agents of Guard. That's agentsofguard.com. Or on the brand new Benview podcast, Benview on Spielberg, featuring Justin Kizon and Matt Benson talking uh, every month about uh, Spielberg films. Do they have a day that they're coming out? Uh, I think soon. I think by next week we'll have another Spielberg episode. Yeah, I just want to know so I can, like, subscribe and expect it on, like, the 15th, the 20th, whatever they want to do. Yeah, I'm not sure if they've set an actual day yeah. that they're coming out by. I would assume the 15th. Okay. That's coming up this week. Uh, you know, another podcast that you should be subscribed to is Shut Up Leonard. That's myself and Matt Benson. Again, Matt Benson on another Speaking podcast. Speaking of, Benson's Boombox made a random reappearance last yes, week. Everyone go listen to that. It's only 18 minutes. It's a whole, it's like a brand new format. Yeah. They actually use Boombox sound effects. Uh-huh. Uh, so go listen to Benson's Boombox. Go listen to Shut Up Leonard, which is a, my podcast about community with Matt Benson. You can find that at shutupleonard.com or on Twitter at shutuplenpod. Uh, Benson's Boombox is... I, he probably owns Benson'sBoombox.com. Probably. And uh, that's also on BenviewNetwork.com. That's that's where you can find all the Benview Network podcasts. Tom? Yes? What do you do on the internet? Well, I do quite a few things. For one, I um, 
write at this website called Optograb. That's Optograb.org, where I write about movies and TV. Like I review shows like Girls and Brooklyn Nine-Nine and Bob's Burgers, American Horror Story. I do that weekly, so they're on there somewhere if you really want to know. And um, I also write on Mondays and Wednesdays at readwave.com, similar subject matter, so check that out. I'm also at Rant Lifestyle, where I write almost every day, so check it out. I just did some coverage on the Golden Globes, and so it's pretty interesting, I would say, so check out those. And I also have a few short stories out on Amazon, Barnes Noble, Smashwords, what have you, whoever sells ebooks, like, I have a few like Blue Matters, the Turkey Trotters. They're like two ninety nine and and one's not, the other one's ninety nine cents. And I have one that I hope to have out in February. So check that one out nice. when it comes out. All right. And if Jordan was here, he would tell you about Gamer Assault Weekly. That's a pod or not a podcast. That's a website. <laughs> I mean, they have a podcast. Uh, but Gamer Assault Weekly. That's video game news. Uh, he live streams. If you go to GamerAssaultWeekly.com. You'll find out more. Uh, you should also vote for Nerds I View on PodcastLand.com for Podcast of the Month. Every month, PodcastLand.com resets the clock, and you can vote for your favorite podcast, and we could win Podcast of the Month. And even if we don't win, just getting some votes gets you know gets us a little recognition in their uh, in their system, which is nice. Uh, for all your Benview Network podcasts, go to BenviewNetwork.com. You could go there and check out the brand new, uh, well, <laughs> they're new to us. They've been around for a while. Friday Night Film Fights. Uh, they've been around for a little over a year, but they recently joined the Benview Network. And uh, they take two films that are kind of similar in content or style, and they they make them fight. They they try and decide which one's better. Uh, so that's a, that's a fun show. Uh, and you can find uh, all the shows at BenviewNetwork.com or on Twitter at Benview Network and our personal website for Nerds I View is nevpodcast.com. Uh, you can email us uh, your thoughts, your guesses of the ending, uh, any anything of movie related. Uh, email us nevpodcast at gmail.com or on Twitter at nevpodcast. All right, Tom, uh, I am not aware of your choice for guess the ending. All right, so let's just pick one at random here. And I'm going with Paddington. Okay. All right. It's about a young Peruvian bear travels to London in search of a home. Finding himself lost and alone at Paddington Station, he meets the kindly Brown family. What? Who offer him a temporary haven. Okay, we have Paddington. He's a bear. And suddenly he shows up at this train station. And la-di-da-di-da. He's walking around feeling lonely. And you know what happens when you get lonely? You get hungry. And so as he notices a family coming off the train, he thinks, maybe I can abuse them and steal their food so he goes home with them and decides to raid their closet and this takes place all over the same night where he ends up raiding their house and the family gets all scared and the little girl's like hey what do we do it's like mom's like go get a broom and so they try and stab him with a broom but it's not working bear's just whacking at the broom trying to get him to go away things are getting worse he's getting hostile and he knocked the phone cord loose so they can't call the police their cell phones aren't charged because they charge overnight and so the Paddington, he just goes wild on them. Soon he is messing up their entire house, and as he finally leaves them in a bloody mess, he decides to leave the house and move on to Paddington 2, somewhere in Wales. <laughs> all right. It's a little more scary than I thought it would be. Well, it is an outstanding British film, after all. Okay. 
Uh, I will guess the ending to Spare Parts, uh, directed by Sean McNamara, starring George Lopez, Jamie Lee Curtis, Carlos Penavega, and Marisa Tomei. Four Hispanic high school students form a robotics club. With no experience, 800 bucks, used car parts, and a dream, this ragtag team goes up against the county's, the country's reigning robotics champion, Mitt. <laughs> uh, all right. So, yeah, so that's the setup. And the dream is actually um, a shared dream. The, the four Hispanic high school students, they, for some reason, they share this weird vision of a, of a robot. And they can see, like, the logo on the robot, but they can't quite describe it. So they start, like, scribbling it in their school, school notes. And they, they eventually find each other through this shared scribble that they all, they're like, hey, I saw that in my dream. Oh, me too. And so they go to their teacher and they're like, we, we have to build a robot and he's he's their you know science uh, electronic engineer whatever teacher and he's like okay yeah sure we can enter a contest and they're like yeah sh- sure that's what we meant we didn't just want to build a robot because it's cool uh so they so they do that and they they manage to create the robot from their dream and then they take it to to the championship and then the robot actually gains like a sentience from their dream power, go, the dream spirit goes into the robot, and it becomes a living robot, the very first of its kind, and then it transforms into a car, and then they all jump into it, and they drive away and wait for uh, spare parts to um, on the road. Ah. Yeah. That's going to be a good one. Oh, yeah. Uh, all right. So now we can end the guessing. Woo. Uh <laughs> I'm not sure what we're going to review next week or who's going to be here. <laughs> uh, but, you know, maybe maybe Black Hat, because I don't want to see the wedding ringer. <laughs> Why does it got to be black? Uh, okay, we'll, we'll see uh, uh, Black Shoe. <laughs> oh, I, fi- I changed the wrong thing. Yes. Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> I'll never get it right. Uh Maybe maybe Paddington. No, I don't think I want to see Paddington. <laughs> no. I don't know. I see everything now. Uh, all right. So thank you for listening. Uh, be sure to check out other episodes. Uh, be sure to rate and review us on iTunes. Uh, be sure to tell your friends about us. Uh, be sure to, you know, have a good day. Yep. Uh, so thanks for listening. Uh, come back next week. Check out the other Benview Network podcasts. And until then... See ya. Bye. Hello again. Hi. This is another sound check. Is it windy? That was supposed to be a bomb, but oh, I guess it blew a fuse. I think someone blew out the bomb. Yes. On um, the windy city. Yes. Okay. Good to know. podcast is a part of the Benview Network. You can find this and other podcasts like it at BenviewNetwork.com.